When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Walk Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Telford, joined by Ben Turner. We finally made it to Game of the Year. A whole other year, living in isolation. Also, Josh Brown. Hello there. We're gathered in person to do the end of the, po- uh, the end of the podcast. End it might be the end of the podcast, depending <laughs> on how we, how this goes. We're going to do the uh, best game of 2021. Now, each of us have three or two main candidates we're going to be putting up uh, and seeing what the other members think. Now, we don't know what each other thinks, although I know exactly what Josh Brown's going to say for <laughs> one of his. Um, I also know what Ben Rose is, to be honest. And um, we'll then we'll say what all of our candidates are for the actual best game of 2021 and then we'll just see where the next half hour takes us as we must agree on something before the other the, before the recording button is pushed again to stop the podcast so my top three uh, for the year in order number one is metroid dread that's what i think is the game of the year next after that is sable and after that is resident evil village Ooh. There we go. This, I'm just throwing Chris that Chris Redfield there. punching his way through the if village. I really start thinking about which games I absolutely wow. loved playing through, the only thing that I hate about Resident Evil is the way the story Shotguns. goes, which doesn't get in the way of how much I enjoyed it to that point. So it's going to be Resident Evil Village as my third. Josh Brown... What are your candidates? Easy peasy. We've got um, Disco Elysium at the very top. We've got uh, Death Stranding PS5 edition. Uh, and we've got Spider-Man remastered as well. The president says there is a new mandate. You cannot have Disco Elysium. It was on PC. What a shame. Yeah. There's a a thing called Space and Time. And also, (laughs) it came out not this year. Otherwise, Hades would be 2021's Game of the Year. Go feel it. I know exactly what my top two are. And it is number one, of course, Returnal. Number Mm. two, Resident Evil Village. But the third spot, man... that's an elusive spot. It is. And I'm going to have to settle right now because I don't think it'll get a shout otherwise. Mm-hmm. Deathloop. That's going to be my shout. number no. three. Not the Forgotten City. The Forgotten City, one, I know it's going to get represented by you, and two, it wouldn't be in my top three. Maybe it might crack top five, but if I put the Forgotten City in there, I'm going to have to put Mundon in there, and then we open a whole other box of work. So cities. I'm going to go Returnal, um, Resident Evil, Deathloop. If Forgotten City wasn't as absolutely banana sandwich in the eyes, <laughs> I would be championing, championing every part of that game. Ben Roy, what are your candidates for the best 2021 game? I feel like I've been doing it differently to because like, I slowly throughout the year, I craft it and I add things to the list. <laughs> and like, I, I feel so sad at leaving so many games off, but my, my top three sounds basic for me. It's, um, mm-hmm. I, I, Is it Resident Evil? Uh, it's, is it? Uh, Resident Evil, I have you know, the Resident Evil 2 remake and Resident Evil 3 remake <laughs> were both not my games of the year those years, so <laughs> I'll have you can sit on that. Uh, number three, <laughs> uh, you know what? 
think the Forgotten City. Yeah, number three is Hitman Three. Number two is the Forgotten City. Wow, there it just is. went up on my list there again. <laughs> and number one. Resident Evil Village. So we can largely, I mean, I've got Resident Evil uh, Village at my number three because for me, the story side of it completely falls apart. And I think that although the gameplay is very, very solid, um, structure-wise, um, well, I think there's, there's quite a few things if I'm gonna if I'm gonna deny this the number one spot, um, as much as it'll probably end up being the thing that we can only agree on. Um, but for Village, I was massively disappointed that Lady Dimitrescu was out the way in the first 20, 25 minutes. I was massively disappointed by um, the entire back third of that game, which isn't to say that the Chris Redfield section isn't brilliant, because playing as him is great. But the actual explanation for what was happening with him, considering the marketing and the main push of that game, is the mystery, is what's going on, is why he shot Mia, uh, Ethan's uh, wife, and why he kidnapped uh, your daughter Rose, and what's really going on with all of that. And uh, to not do spoilers, I still think that the explanation for that is hilariously naff in a bad way. And you can say that old school Resident Evil has always had parts of hilariously naff stuff. And um, this is the franchise where people punch boulders, etc., uh, or Jill Valentine comes back from the dead, or whatever she is. But the way that they did it in Village was the thing that made me go, "I am embarrassed. I ever cared about this." I just think it's just Resident Evil, man. I, th- yeah. I, th- I think like, I, I'm not trying to shoot at you here, but I think you've taken the game into a wrong aspect of like almost putting it in the line of like a Last of Us, where well, the story not, is no, going to no, be it's not, it's co- not comprehensive and great. Where like it's, it's obviously not that. Yeah, but it's like I just nothing. Uh, yeah, Chris could have said some things, but he's also just trying to. He, I think, in his mind, he's like just stay there and get out of the way. Just go away. Like some people like, <laughs> just stay there, and then they come along, and then it all goes r- like wrong or whatever. I'm not going to spoil the story, even though the game's however many months old, like almost a year old. Wow, yeah. yeah. But I get everyone's criticisms for the Lady Dimitrescu stuff because I feel like they showed off what was the best part of the game really early on. It made it seem on. like that was more of the game overall. Yeah, and um, when you think... It's weird because the game feels really short to me now because yes. the amount of times I ran through that thing in the end with like unlimited weapons and just murking everything I see. But that first experience, and like sort of the first... Sort of like when you enter the village for the first time and mm. even though you... I, I don't know if they should have shown the sorry from the, in the, the trailer. Yeah, right. I, I think they should have shown Chris maybe in the trailer, but that moment would have been even more like hitting if you had just gone into it sort mm. of thing. It's just, for me, it gets too repetitive in the structure. It's sort of like, you know, you're in the new area. There's a big, bad following boss creature that's going to come after you for a bit, or there's something you're building up to the boss fight that you're going to have. Rinse, repeat five or four times or whatever it is until you get to the ending. And then there's the big, crazy, over-the-top action mech sequence towards the end, which was fun in the moment, but I was like, what even is this? And then coupled with the story disappointments and the way that, um, like I said, they don't pay off the um, the setup. And it's not that it needs to be a grade-A Naughty Dog yeah. thing, but it needed to be something. And I didn't think it was anything it's, at all. It's like, how did, how did Heisenberg know half the stuff he was talking about? It just, it, mm. it's, it's weird. Like, this, and they try and do, they are obviously trying to repeat beats from Seven as well, like having yes. everyone at the table and having everyone in like the first little meeting and sort of things like that. But then you have um certain sections in a house in a basement in a house where it's like wow that was that ruined me and when that ruined me <laughs> I, I couldn't wait for everyone else to be ruined by it and see all these like reaction faces as people play the game and like listening to YouTube sort of I did the bit in the house oh Your, my. that's the thing that whole bit uh, I can't think what the uh, the uh, Beneviento house yeah. where they fully d- they absolutely eat Silent Hill's lunch in front of them like they're just like this is literally what you guys should be doing uh, you know, and they that part is is hands down the best, one of the best moments of the year. 
um, being a genuinely spooky thing with the whole weird mutated fetus thing coming after you. That stuff's done very well. We haven't heard from Josh Brown in a little while. Where have you landed on Resident Evil? I love it, man. I love it. And I'm listening to all the criticisms and all the pusses here. And the only (laughs) criticism I have is that it's not in VR. That's the only one (laughs) thing that I'm upset about. You know, this game was... Resident Evil 4 was this, year. (laughs) It was. I haven't got that. I haven't (laughs) been able to play it. Um, The only thing... No. I've completely lost my train of thought there. It was that great bit of banter there, Scott. Too good. Um, The thing with Resident Evil Village is that it made me want to play all the other Resident Evil games, and I did. So (laughs) being able to compare them like so close together, Mm. I think it's the last one like this that they can do because, like Roy said, you know, it's so indebted. Uh, to the structure of Seven. It's obviously taken huge influence from Resident Evil 4 in terms of the combat, in terms of uh, the mechanical pacing and stuff. But it doesn't matter for this one in particular because those things are good Mm. and it brings them to this first-person, semi-open world Resident Evil experience in such a, you know, just polished way. And yes, I understand the story concerns, but I'm definitely in Camp Benroy when I think, when I hold this up to Code Veronica X, which is like... <laughs> that was 20 years ago! No, but, I mean, in terms of the Resident Evil canon, I understand okay. why you would compare it to modern-day storytelling, but when I'm putting I'm not, it in... I'm not. Carry on, sorry. I, I've got also... When you watch the new Resident Evil film, <laughs> no, no. You, you're like Code Veronica X, do you, Josh no. Brown? I just want to say, get ready for some Code Veronica X in Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Code Veronica X is haunting me this year. It's just when I, when I put the story up towards that, like even when I saw the first trailer of you know Chris shooting Mia and stuff, I, I knew they weren't going to do anything with it, so I wasn't invested really? in that way. I, maybe I've just fallen out of love with stories this year because I'm the same about Hitman Three. Like I look at that story. Well, you were skipping cutscenes in Hitman well, Three. What, no, not in Hitman Three. Okay. I, in Hitman Two, I did. Right. Uh, Hitman 3, I watched the story, but I didn't care for the story. You know, I'm not saying it was like good and stuff. It's just mechanically and from a mythological perspective, Resident mm-hmm. Evil Village works. And I've always been there for Resident Evil, for the mythology, not the storytelling. It would be cool if they got the storytelling right, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make me like it any less I because was, I, I love I was, everything else around mm-hmm. it. I was proud of myself when we were talking about this. So while ago. I was like, these are more lore games than story. <laughs> I was like, you know what, Remember, that's actually quite a good thing to start. Because like... Um, Mad men like me will do like hours upon hours of videos on YouTube, like, oh, the law of Hitman. <laughs> We've got and, like, our own one on the channel that you put yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, and it, it popped off, the Hitman thing popped off again when Hitman 3 came out. But like, I, and I think about it, like, Agent 47 is a character, right? But at the same time, he's not. And uh, well, they try to make him one. <laughs> I mean, He's a bald person. That's why three's must be disappointing because they did all the work in one and two. He shouldn't have. He's, then you get into dangerous territory with the films where Timothy Oliphant was trying to make. That's a train wreck. Uh, trying to make 47 a character. But like mm-hmm. going into like Resident Evil, where I, it's where I have some sort of like level, like they, it's going to be this. And I think Seven was a weird one where they were basically being sort of like a hillbilly horror film, which I think yeah. that's, that's why a lot, that's why it's the best set in Resident Evil game. That's like, only people gravitated to horror hillbillies in a mm-hmm. way. Like, it was, like, there's so many aspects like, like Chainsaw Massacre and all that sort of thing. But if, A, it does feel like, the more we talk about it, like, it does feel like it was like a, this is a best of, and I, I see some people reductively going, oh, it's just doing foreign first person. Well, it's not. You're wrong. No, that's because, why it's not yeah, that at all. Because, um, uh, I'm not saying anyone here, otherwise I would have already shanked you because we're, <laughs> we're in real life now. This is why we're doing game the doors are locked. But yeah, um, eight did it. Eight, I feel like, is brung so much of Resident Evil back in a way, and they did a great work with Lady Dimitrescu. Mm. And I can't wait for them to have fun with DLC because obviously they're going to do more Dimitrescu stuff. I think because I'm the, the the seven DLC was um, 
you had all the band tapes that you play, and at the end of Zoe, there was some excellent DLC in it where mm. it actually capped off Seven Story even more, mm. and you went back and saw how the um, family got done in. So you, you might see how the village get done in. That's how the DLC is so, called. Yeah, you, how, how, they got did done they in. Get, how did everyone get done in? <laughs> like, oh, oh, you might see all the like pervy Oswald like trying to get get with some people. I, I was going to spoil part of the story. <laughs> no, so that was the thing I wanted to touch about because you mentioned that the, the, there's two things I want. I need, I need to qualify my story point. It has nothing to do with modern storytelling. It has nothing to do with anything other than Resident Evil 8. It has everything to do with the way that they advertised it. And they advertised it as having something. I never, I view every game in a vacuum. I, I don't not bring anything else in, in terms of like, oh, it should have lived up to X, Y, Z on the periphery. Like it's, it's absolutely the way that they marketed that game. If Chris Redfield, X main character from franchise, shoots the wife of the new character, I'm going to go in going, I wonder why he did that. See, I, I go into that self, but I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that's invalid or anything, but I go into that going, well, she's, Bad. <laughs> well, she's going to be evil. <laughs> of course she is. She, that she, needs to in, be the, in the previous game, she cut your hand off and stuff. But I, I went. I saw that trailer. That's not Mia. Yeah, it's him. And that, well, that, that's that was my thought. It was like that is not Mia, or there's going to be other stuff to it, and this is going to be the end of the game. Like right. there was no way I was like they're going to like. But Resident you were invested. You wanted to know. Yeah, but it, it's also like Resident Evil don't just kill characters. It's not like a Game of Thrones where like oh you're dead now. Well, Sorry. exactly right. So this is the first time they've done that. They've never had a marketing campaign for a Resident Evil. I guess you could argue that Five had it a bit because they had the whole thing with Jill coming back, and then they spoiled it in the magazine reveal, whatever it is. But they've never had a really on the nose marketing campaign. She saying, never did come back after that. Well, game. yeah. <laughs> but saying like you know this is the scenario like we're gonna get you in on this scene and literally have Ethan going like why like what the hell's going on and it's like I'm not saying that I was invested in that in the same way that I was wondering what was gonna happen with Joel and Ellie but like at the same time I think that they set that up and it, they completely miss it I get it is kind of thrown away for most of the game where it's like now go to mummy for a bit and then go to the frog man and then, um, <laughs> run away from some werewolves and I I, I that's like fun schlocky Resident I Evil stuff, get it. it's yeah. like Maybe it just got too serious at some points when it... When it can still be schlocky, but just explain the point you have. It literally yeah. gets to a point where the, the character Chris is just like, yeah, yeah I just did that. What like, you should oh, yeah. do... You should have modded the game and given Chris <laughs> the baby head and given the baby the Chris head. We should also talk about, um, again, I'm going to skirt away from spoilers, but there's something towards the end that is another massive plot point, something to do with Ethan, the way that they sort of recontextualize what happened in 7. I think both of you guys really like that. that was well done, yeah. yeah. Right, so that was another thing where I was just like, oh, what what even? What even? What even are we doing? Really? That's something they've never done before, those things like that. They've never really had a... They, they've had direct continuations, obviously, mm. right, like in the first couple of games, but... We they almost become split in different worlds now, and how they, they and then you go back to seven, you think about like that. Actually, that makes sense, but I want to know what Josh was going to say because I keep mm-hmm. jumping into the no, Resident Evil no, chat. It's all right. I think you know it, this was always going to be interesting from a story perspective because mm-hmm. Ethan was such a strange um, non-character in seven by design. You know, you were supposed to put yourself in his shoes, literally. And um, but in this one, um, it looked like they were going to flesh him out. And like Roy said, you know, they'd never done before a. F- sequel like this, a mainline sequel where you carry the character over. Obviously mm. characters have appeared, but you don't go from Leon in 2 to Leon in 3. You know, it's completely switching things up. This one was Ethan in 7, Ethan in 8. And what they do towards the end with that character, having played 7 literally right before it as well, I thought that was cool. That makes me care about this wet blanket of a character <laughs> so much more than I did before. And it just, it worked in a way that Resident Evil hasn't on a storytelling perspective before. And like I said, it, I don't think... So they do this, care about stories. 
Well, they care about law and they mm-hmm. care about characters, and they make Ethan an interesting character with that turn, in my opinion. My thing was because in seven it is you know going into the bigger family trying to get Mia back, and then obviously there's the whole thing. Is it Zoe who's the other character? Mia's sister. Zoe, Zoe and Mia in the yeah. Seven, so there's yeah. the whole thing that plays out with them. But then my point is that like a lot of the big drive of seven is can we make it out of a lot? Can we make this out? Can we make it out of this alive? together and so when eight is immediately shooting that person like i said default i'm gonna care not on a massive level but to me it mattered a lot and so when it completely comes up short i mean it's still my number three of the year because of the gameplay (laughs) and the atmosphere and the enemies and everything else i think i also get i think that we could have had a bit more of a darker chris because i like the idea Mm. of chris someone fight um fighting for so long that they're just like yeah screw it i'm just gonna kill i'm just gonna kill it before it happens like you know like say uh, the best way I can think is like X Men, where the Senate will start killing people that will give birth to mutants. Mm. That sort of thing. Where like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do you in now, sort of thing. That's where I thought it might have gone. Like Chris gets a bit more happy go Carlosy towards the end, <laughs> but um, I, it's still worth for me. Let's switch gears and talk about Returnal because that was something that um, ever since Josh reviewed it, you were like, "This is definitely my game of the year." It feels like this is going to be my game of the year, and I think that it is a game of the year candidate. I genuinely can't believe it was snubbed at the Game Awards in the, in the top five because mm. um, I feel like as a like robust clockwork mechanism of a game, it's perfect in that regard. Yeah, like in terms of what they're going for, um, I think it's very very cruel, but they it's intentional. Like they want you to be um, put in a certain headspace. They want you to fight fight against a series of mechanics that are bombarding you with. Uh, projectiles they want you to reset they want you to lose 45 minutes to way more than that per run um so you'll go again and it's like will you go again will you finish it we don't care if you won't that's the structure get used to it and over time enough people talked about wanting to save system in it and where initially they said that that was just the way that they designed it and but they did end up putting in one checkpoint so you can bank a time you can bank a save and which deletes itself once you resume but that was the only thing that we got in regards to making it quote-unquote easier um, but yeah, why should Returnal be game of the year? Uh, because it's, in my opinion, the only game where there are very few mechanical shortcomings. Like, I look at that game and everything is more or less perfect and working as intended. Like, I'm sure you guys will have your um, issues with it, but for me, <laughs> um, the way that game is structured, the way that game comes together mechanically with the way you progress through the missions, it just nails a sense of, I know you call it cruel, Scott, but it, for me, it nailed a sense of empowerment as I went right. that the roguelike... You're also a- absolute Adonis though I think you got through it in <laughs> like think, three runs I think you were overselling my um, uh, skills you finished but I, Hades in one go I will I will take it um, but, but yeah it was it was a game that got its hooks into me and I was never taken out by any dodgy design decisions I was mm. never cu- kind of finishing a run the wall or shot from off screen or yeah like yeah I wasn't finishing runs thinking I don't want to play that again I was finishing runs at like 2am thinking I'm going to jump in right now and see how far I can get again uh-huh. it was one of those that just lived in my brain I loved every second I was playing with it I think you know Housemarker great when it comes to combat anyway mm. this is their biggest game by far and they managed to transfer the things that they do well in a sort of 2D space over to a proper 3D over the shoulder shooter I think the world itself is incredibly imaginative I loved you know following Celine on her journey and following the dead Celines that you find <laughs> strewn around the place and listening to their audio tapes and stuff. It's just, the, the imagery is evocative, the gameplay is stellar, and I, I will stop talking about it one day, but today's not the day. It seems. <laughs> today's not that day. Ben Roy, what do you think about Returnal being game of the year? I platinum that game. You did? And um, it was very testing towards the end, without obviously the RNG, but mm. the, the, I will I will go with you on the crawl thing, because I... The, I, uh, 
I'm so glad there's like no one in the room when I'm playing this game. <laughs> the, the language that comes out of my mouth when some of the things literally spawn on you. These um, they've got actors and they have like AOE attacks mm. and then they've got launchers and, and the like screen's just a massive firework death. It's the it's the the the, the warrior sort of like I can't really describe. They got like like hammerhead sharks sort of style heads and they, they're always in your face and they're always <laughs> and sometimes you get free of uh, you'll go to a certain challenge when you have to go through. And then sometimes that challenge room's a bit more chill when you get the more like sort of like beasts. And then you get them, you're like, oh God, just go away for mm-hmm. a minute. And why I, I feel like I can forgive the game in so many other aspects. But when you start a run again and you got a crappy pistol and the game's like, have a shotgun, I don't want a shotgun. No. The shotguns in that every most guns in that game, I hate. <laughs> I want the I want the assault rifle. The or sticker. I want an upgraded pistol. Or I want the um is it the Holoseeker? Holoseeker is the, the, the yeah, tracing yeah. one. Especially yeah. when it's got the more that, and then when you get like the, I don't know, I, so I don't know even know how you ever get like you can get this portal thing that spawns and starts zapping. They're all just random well. attachments to the weapons. Yeah. yeah, like that. When you get that sort of loadout, you're good. But yes. then, then you'll have like seven of those warriors just in you, and like, mate, just go away <laughs> for a moment. Like, I'm gonna call the police. And the thing with me is that it, it became. I had a mental breakdown with this game because I was just like it can't because Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless how to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20 to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month So, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I had a whole thing with like, uh, Adam Sester talked about this years ago about like, you know, fundamentally when you get past, I think it's 28, might be 27, your hand-eye coordination gets less. It fundamentally gets less less as a human being. So he said back in 2005, 2006, Adam Sessler, back when he was on G4, I know that's going again now, but it was back then, that at some point there'll be a great game that he fundamentally can't beat. 
that he fundamentally can't finish. He fundamentally can't experience the best parts of that game because his body won't let him, his mind won't let him, his brain won't process the information fast enough. And he, that terrifies him to some degree. And I was like, that's such a fascinating point. And so every time something like this happens, whether it be, I mean, I haven't got stuck on a game like this in a long time, but something like a Sekiro that just pummels you into the ground and you're just like, oh my God, I have to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper to like keep going. And Returnal was that game where it was just like smushing you into the floor and you get nothing for like an hour or an hour and a half of a run that you've just done uh, and just going like, well, get up and do it again then. Do it again. <laughs> you oh, you've just wasted that, that time. That nerd needs to get good. Yeah, you need, literally, like, you need to get good. Oh, you should have dodged that thing that came through the wall and killed you. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I, I had a AOE, horrible the, time with the it. The AOE shockwaves and sometimes like, have I got away from it and then one just gets from yep. it and scrapes and they, they never hardly kill you. They just take all your health off. And then some little monkey comes on and poke. And then you get like, <laughs> The thing that I'll point out as well is that um, I started, I hardly, like never look up guides. Well, I'll look up a puzzle guide sometimes if I get stuck. But for the most part, just play through a game. In Returnal, I got to such a point where I was like, I must be missing something. Like, I must be just missing something. I keep dying. You guys are getting through it. Josh had finished it. Um, you played it after me, but then you got through it a lot faster than I did. And I found out that that game's combat nigh on breaks if you just um, circle strafe around stuff. Because the main problem that I was doing wrong was I was trying to evade forward, backwards. I was trying to jump. I was trying to comprise X other, you know, insert game combat style, whether it be Halo, Titanfall, whatever it is, name, name a game. Um, and, I, and that's what was cutting me down because the way that that game tracks you with its different... Um, uh, homing energy blast, the different attacks that the enemies do, they track you way better if you're moving in uh, straight forward or backwards. As soon as you start yeah. circle strafing, you'll dodge everything. And Fine. as soon as I did that, I went, oh, okay. And then I finished it immediately. Find a good place to grapple onto. And mm -hmm. then just, there's some points in certain rooms you can grapple backwards and forwards yep. and avoid the colossal shockwave moves that they do mid... Oh. But after a while, it just becomes like this thing where you equip the Holoseeker, you know, because that's the whole thing is the way the upgrade system works is you get the best weapon upgrades after using those weapons over time. So you do need to just spend time in the game unless you're the Adonis Josh Brown and you can manage to get through with a starting pistol or something. Eventually, it'll give you the likes of what Benroy said where your uh, Seeker Swarm firing machine gun now comes with portals or now comes with a turret or whatever, but you end up just firing off the auto-seeking bullets and just not even really thinking about where you're aiming anymore, just running around, shooting, you're spending time dodging, coming towards you. just prioritizing evasion over all else, um, trying to game the system to get through. And I know that if you're just good enough, you'll not have to even think about that stuff. But I think judging by the uh, trophy completion data, and I'll just hear my own side of it, where I was just like struggling through it, yeah. it became such a slog to even get through that game. So glad I did. But oh my god. It's interesting what you say there about it becomes more about you just firing the the bullets off and you're focusing more on evasion. And Rotating, I would argue spinning, running yeah, around. And I would argue that's definitely by design, just because mm. house marks other games kind of work in the same way where you're just you're throwing off the hollow seeker, you're absolutely pelting these boys with hundreds of thousands <laughs> of bullets, you're using portals and stuff, you're pressing the button, but what you need to be focused on is evading. You need to be getting away from these projectiles. And for me. That's very fun. And that's what I really <laughs> like about the game. Um, rather than ha needing pinpoint accuracy above all else, it's about no. reading the screen. It's about reacting to the screen. And I like the game. I like that in the games that Housemark makes. And I thought it was translated well over to a 3D space where this game could have been completely illegible. And I'm sure maybe you guys maybe think it is that it gets like that. I never thought it was illegible. I thought I could always figure out what was going on. And most importantly, I felt that every single time I died... Apart from against those rocket lads in the uh, third volume. Those cannon things that float around 
and shoot. Sometimes they just shoot. <laughs> they, you just look at, there's a barrage. You might just get away, but mm. then the other one's doing a barrage or another <laughs> one. And then you've got other cannons that are shooting shockwaves at you. And if you damage them too much, they're going to kamikaze <laughs> into yes. your mouth. And yes. Oh, lo- and you were saying about like legibility. There's a bit, the last biome is like smeared in Vaseline. It's an underwater blurry space. And some of the, ex- when you take out the enemies and they explode and that's sort of underwater. There's infinite enemies in that level as well. You've got to kill the, the host like to make sure you don't have yeah, any so like yeah, there's like a big sphere thing that just spawns infinite enemies, but like that gets to a point of just blurry weirdness where I'm just hanging back with the Hollow Seeker, <laughs> hoping it's finding its target uh, and eventually <laughs> getting through. Um, and like that's the thing. So like yeah, I think Returnal does have flaws. I, I think that um, like I said, I, the thing is it has flaws personally. I, I think it's very cruel. I think that the thing that they've designed is obviously 100% intentional. Um, but they want you to be in such a specific mindset, and they don't mind pummeling you into a fine paste yeah. until you get there. I will um, say, yeah. uh, after I've been in, and this is if you if you going into this game, and you're not sure, and you don't want to be tortured. You can upload that save to the cloud, and you can bring it back to yourself. That's my and I, I did that after I beat the game to when I was doing a few of the cipher runs mm. because I was like. You can get out. You can get in the bin now. I, now, now, now I've beaten you. Now I'm gonna go and teach you a lesson thing or two, Mister, Mrs, Ms. Everything, just everything, Jim Ryan. I will say <laughs> that uh, Joshy mentioned uh, empowerment, and there was yeah. a, I definitely when I finally beat uh, Ophi on the final boss, um, that was such a sigh. Always seen in Smile was the last time something tested me like this. That was back mm. in 2011 or whatever. But um, when I finally beat the final boss and I knew that I'd done it, like obviously there's a secret ending, you can go and collect a bunch of moon fragments or whatever they're called, yeah. sun fragments, and get another ending, which I've done that too. I haven't uh, seen the final credit sequence, but I got those items. Um, but the first time you actually get some credits, the first time you beat Ophion, and you you just you have that you approach it differently. You have that feeling of like, well, I can dominate all this now. Yeah. And then you sort of run around. You know all the patterns. You've kind of got them in you. You've gotten used to countering so much or evading so much, and that you can just cakewalk that game. Cakewalking that game and getting all those sun fragments was the one time I was like, this is phenomenal. This is game of the air feeling. Um, because all that paste stuff before is now this incredible feeling now. And then I died again to the final boss. And I was like, oh, I don't even need to. <laughs> Halo is out now. So I, I reckon that it wasn't nominated in a lot of game of the year stuff. Because I just reckon a lot of people just didn't. Uh, and I'm not shooting, but they just didn't be it because this game yeah, demands so much. You know, so like, and it's not like uh, Souls where Sekiro's hard as hell right mm-hmm. but you don't start the entire game again that's i think thing. that's the main thing that holds and it back is it's, it's attitude towards replaying segments and you, you don't have to do the entire game again so because mm-hmm. that is it's split into like two uh, um two three so it's mm-hmm. a three but it's still such a daunting thing especially when you're trying to just run back to a certain area and then you get locked into these rooms and now i've got to kill some big thing that's spawning in but it's like the whole thing of like we didn't touch on like killing all the grunts before the big thing spawns mm. in because if you don't let too many of them live you're just gonna get whacked even on <laughs> i think like yeah i think it like i said i think it has a fundamentally cruel mentality that is intentional but at the same time it just asks you to bank sheer time until you have enough weapon upgrades to maybe overcome whatever it is that keeps uh, killing you and to a lot of people um, as is evident by its lack of nominations on stuff that just seems to not be a worthwhile way to spend your time with this game but the people who do click with it absolutely love it because you're lockstep with the mentality that it has and you can just absolutely love it and uh, i had a glimpse of that when i finally beat the boss and i could just cakewalk everything with my giant portal shooting holo seeker um but for the most part returnal was an absolute 
slog. Punish me, Daddy. <laughs> um, I forget which other two games you guys mentioned. We did see Resident Evil Village. We talked uh, about just Returnal. Um, I will quickly mention Metroid Dread. I know you guys haven't finished it, um, but that will be my number one, I think. Just very quickly, I think that game is an absolute pristine masterpiece. There's not a pixel out of place in that thing. Um, you could give it to anybody, and they would absolutely love it. It's just it's that 2D Metroidvania formula perfected with the best New Age uh, sensibility in regards to the game flow, the way it plays. You can just devour the thing. Um, and it just goes, and the boss battles are the best boss battles of the year. Uh, right next to Returnal, funnily enough, in that regard. Um, it's just an outright recommendable game, and I hope that it gets the Game Awards um, actual nomination for that thing. Um, but where you guys are, do you want to... We can crown Resident Evil Village right now. We could do, yeah. I, I mean, think it's going to have to be. I think it might actually cause... be that. I think if you hold everything up and you talk about pros and cons, I, you know, I can levy story stuff at Resident Evil Village, but I definitely had a point, and I think I messaged you guys... In the group chat, um, it was after the uh, Beneviento house where um, all that horror stuff had just gone down and I, I had my three shotguns on the on the go. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I just, uh, I, I shot, like, it's like a golden uh, pig or something, or like, I mean, it's like a regular colored pig. I forget now. There's a giant hog that's running around. <laughs> shot that. And then I picked up some secret thing. And it was in that exact moment where I was just like, this has clicked. This has already clicked right. very well. I don't know why that pig did it, but it uh, clicked very well. And I just had this moment of like, this is such a pristine flow to this game that I'm completely locked in on. They could have done the village stuff so badly. And it, I... I was scared they were trying to do some open world stuff, and I'm glad they did. And it was like the hub world, mm. like open hub world, which I kind of like enjoy more. But mm. yeah, I did, when I think about it, like, with a lot of Resident Evil games, the end, the last area seems mm. to be the area. Just like, oh, okay, let's just get through it. Even though I found this last area more scarier than other ones, I think mm. because okay. it's first person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, say Resident Evil Four, it was just like boring island. <laughs> like. But yeah, I can't think of anything else. It was the first thing we, like, Hitman 3 was obviously the first thing of the year, but it's the first thing in the year where I felt like quality was coming through and, like, um, even the additions of the adapted triggers on mm, PS5, yeah. like, worked for me. Mm-hmm. And that machine gun clatters. Yeah. Like, I love the addition of Heisenberg and just flesh mm-hmm. out more of Chris. I just wish that there's obviously stuff, te- like, well, we'll see in, a, in our years' time, whatever, the stuff teased. Mm. It's going to come fruition, like uh, certain things towards the end, like mm. what's going on there, and I, I think it's it's so reassuring after like I mean, you can say this forever after six, and they went to seven, and seven was like let's make it more of a blanket game, and mm-hmm. then reintroduce the Resident Evil at the end, mm-hmm. and this one having the Resident Evil even in more there, just it, it's proof that you can have games with such like long lineage and bring new people in but also That's have that old stuff there for people like me. Yeah, I think that going forward, it's going to be very interesting to see how that balance goes. Because like you said, 7 was like, a, if it was like a meter being filled, at the very end of it is wacky Resident Evil stuff when Jack Baker fully transforms and then Chris comes in, you see the Umbrella logo and stuff. And then this one was full on banana sandwich, we don't care, let's just have fun. Uh, yeah. Big crazy demon bosses and everything else. And I think that maybe that is part of what was so jarring for me because they seem to have this like story hook, this tone hook beforehand. But overall, if we're talking pound for pound, uh, how much did all three of us enjoy your game this year the most that those things all cross over and line up is going to be Resident Evil Village you know yeah. I, w- I want to say as well you know obviously I'm a huge Resident Evil fan mm. you know we've talked about this on podcast and videos for years now but yes. going into this especially it wasn't a foregone conclusion that this was going to be my favorite game of the year or even in the top five mm. because when, when we were looking at the pre-release trailers you can go back to news videos we did and I was there saying this looks a little bit ropey I don't know why the frame rate is I like this could look better, yeah. is it going to be a bit weird and then obviously when you saw like the Chris and the Mia thing in the trailers I, like I said before I had the reaction of well I know where that's going to go that's not going to surprise me and then getting into the opening and you get to the village and it's kind 
kind of opened up and I was like, I don't know if this is clicking. So it actually had a lot of um, hurdles to get over to mm. get to this spot. And the fact that it did it and smashed all of my worries <laughs> before release, I think is testament to how quality of a product it is. I think it's a game that we can look at and say it's the winner by default, which I think undersells it a little bit because it is yeah. good and it is a Except quality consensus product. Vote. Yes, yeah. it is. Oh, totally. I mean, in this table, you know, mm-hmm. only Roy had it but I think top, by- but... I feel like most people this year, because it has been a weird year for games. I don't agree with the sentiment that it's been a waste of a year. I don't agree with the sentiment at all that there's not worthwhile stuff to play. I think I could give you like 20-odd games that you should go play. But um, I do think that it'll get that consensus thing where the most people had the most fun with Resident Evil Village. Like if you sort of drew a line through the middle of all their expectations and the, the ways that it paid off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just wanted to jump in. I, mm-hmm. I just mentioned the like, top three basic picks, but like it takes two is in my top ten. So like, <laughs> games like that, like Halo Infinite, I think is phenomenal. Plays phenomenal, and I can't wait to get into the campaign. Oh, campaign will be up by the time soon. we yeah. put this out. I really enjoyed the medium. I know some people didn't like it, but I, I love really the thought the medium really hit a certain point of me, though, which I I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oddworld Soulstorm was punishing, but I loved it. Definitely, uh, definitely. Depends where the wind's blowing, wherever I'm really into death. <laughs> and yeah, there's just, I felt like it was such a, there's a vast variety. Like, I, I don't know, I think It Takes Two is my most surprising game. And I'm, I just mm. want to say, like, there's all these other games we could go on forever about and talk about and say how about how boring Outriders is. But at the same time, <laughs> I yeah, I, I think even if it's it's a Resident Evil game, and I'm like, oh, it's memorized every game, but I think it's legit. It holds its own as what should be like a game of the year sort of thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think it's incredibly solid. I'm very curious what happens at the Game Awards themselves. Um, and we've got a couple more pods to come before the rest of the year uh, closes out. So we'll see how the uh, coming weeks go. We're going to pre-record some stuff. I don't even know when this one's going out, but we'll, we'll just we'll figure it out. For now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Try Roy Turner and try Roy Zidane Evil. <laughs> Good. And Josh Brown. Play Mundon. Yeah, just go play Metroid for the love of the Lord himself. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Mundon's good. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.